It's time once again for another episode of the Buckhead Business Show. Being brought to you by the Buckhead Business Association. Broadcasting live from the Pro Business Channel Studios in Atlanta. And now, here's your host for today's episode. Well, good morning, good morning. It's a beautiful day in Buckhead as usual. Got Michael Moore bringing you the show for the Buckhead Business Association today. And this is the Pro Business Channel. And we're right here in our lovely studios overlooking Lenox Mall. And we got two fabulous guests for you this morning. We got Dr. Bruce Salzinger, who you've heard before and is one of our Buckhead fixtures, I guess we'll call him a little bit, but he's not porcelain. He's one of those other kind of fixtures. Bruce is going to share some ideas about healthcare and so forth with us today. And also we have Terrence Dowling, who is with Country Financial, and we're going to talk a little bit about the financial world and how he got there and what's going on in the marketplace. But first, before we do that, we'll have a little bit of that commercial, as we say. The Buckhead Business Association, as you may or may not know, has been around for 65 years. Is that right, Bruce? At least. At least. It started in 1951. The rumor is that we were started to determine who was turning over the garbage cans out behind the restaurants at night. But the business owners got together even before Buckhead was part of the community called Atlanta. And we are one of the only communities in the country that has physical boundaries. So if you talk to Sam Asell, you'll learn that we're 44 square miles and we have quite a few people and we pay quite a lot of taxes. But we have some of the best looking buildings and, and some of the uncrowded streets, except for this last couple of months. <laughs> As we said, uh, we always have traffic, whether it's for church, whether it's for business, uh, whether it's for uh, Saturday morning shopping. So we're all in good shape here. But we'll talk a little bit more about the Buckhead Business Association because Dr. Salzinger has been on the board for a number of years, and he has been very active in the association, I guess, since he started his business in Buckhead, and we'll cover that. But first, let's take a look at Terrence Dowling, who is with Country Financial. And Terrence, you uh, you wear red and black, but today you're wearing pink. Uh, yeah, I actually have a client appointment later tonight, so I uh, have the dress for both occasions. Well, that's that's good. We're we're glad you're looking your best. We are out there on the on the web. We stream this live so that people can see how pretty you are or how handsome you are. And then I'm glad I did dress and, up. And, and we have had people. Who, we have to hide their flip flops, so you know, don't have flip flops under the table, do you? No, I uh, I, I do well, not. Good. I do not. So Terrence, you've been in the industry about 15 years, and you've worked for a couple of the big giants, but you've settled in with Country Financial, and you're doing some great things for clients. So talk a little bit about what makes the financial business exciting for you personally, and then we'll talk a little bit about products and theories and ideas. No problem. Uh, Insurance and financial services, actually on the financial side, that's actually always been my first love. I was infatuated with the stock market as a youngster, and uh, when I graduated from UGA, I had dreams of going to work on Wall Street, but graduated like right after the dot-com bust. And uh, I got a job at Progressive. I was there for 10 years. Um, I worked on the claim side, always still fina- followed the financial markets. Um, and then when I got sick of it, I was like, all right, it's time to do what I want to do. And uh, Country Financial presented a great opportunity. Um, not only do we provide uh, financial services, we also provide uh, insurance protection as well. Well, talk about that transition. You said you quote, we're going get, to get, get, get the thought going here a little bit about you wanted to go do what you really wanted to do. Yeah. So how do you think that the preparation you had in the 10 years or so before got you to where you needed to be? What were the, what were the, what were the tenets of that process? Uh, more so than anything else is helping others. Um, that's always been a, a passion of mine. Um, and in doing that and working on the claim side, you'd realize how many people didn't understand insurance. A lot of people don't understand insurance. A lot of people think insurance is a waste. 
or they'll say, oh, you know, insurance companies, they're, they're not there for you. You know, I pay all this money and they never pay me. But um, really what that is, is just a lack of understanding. Um, insurance is a great product. Um, it protects people. Uh, when I worked for Progressive, um, I could see that, you know, there were clients who really didn't understand uh, the claims process or, or how insurance worked. And sometimes either they were, you know, overextended or they were undercovered. Um, and there's a fine balance that you, there's a fine balance you want to reach with a client. Um, and that's why I came to the agency side where I could educate clients a little bit better, um, getting them more on the right footing prior to, ha- you know, having to need us. Well, you, you had mentioned the, the transition. Now you just hit two phrases. They're either overinsured or under covered yeah wow that typically happens sometimes so we, we're you know what what did you mention a client meeting later today so i'm not going to ask you exactly <laughs> what you're going to do to fit a client but let's take the theoretical process let's say you're going to talk to the underinsured client first okay talk about what you do to, to uncover that fact all right so i actually had an example and so i'll when i give examples examples I'll, are good yeah they I'll, have I'll, no I'll, names and no dollar values but the theories right, yeah i got an example so i have a client Let's just call him Bob, right? Okay, Bob. Bob's real name fin- Robert. <laughs> real name Robert. Real name Robert. <laughs> Given um, name Robert. <laughs> yeah, he's always wanted to work uh, for this law firm in Buckhead. Ah, and he finally gets that position. And Bob negotiates one hundred fifty thousand dollars salary. So Bob is excited. He's getting ready to start. But I would ask Bob, you know, looking at his auto policy, Bob, well, why are your automobile liability limits at fifty thousand dollars? You're not even protecting your income. In the event of an accident or, you know, or a fatality or just just a tragedy. So um, a lot of financial advisors, they'd like to talk, you know, they talk about the investment piece. Bob, you're making $150,000 a year. Let's put this in your 401k and let's save this. But at Country Financial, we dig a little bit deeper. We go straight to the ground protecting what you have and then we plan for the future. So my question to Bob would be, let's go ahead and raise your liability limits above your income. And so that in the event of a tragedy, uh, we we don't have to worry about your wages being garnished to pay for someone's injuries or unfortunately for their demise. So, so is that a pr- pretty simple conversation? Do most people understand that, or do you most really pe- have to? Most people don't. Most you, you, I'll find people who make two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year and they'll have state minimum coverage. And when you ask them why, I I don't know. I just bought it online. So. <laughs> Or, or I've had it for 20 years yeah. since I was in college, and I didn't understand what Absolutely. I was doing then, and guess what? I still, I still don't understand, understand that. <laughs> I haven't had a good relationship with someone who I believed, trusted, or took the time to explain it to me. To explain my coverage. Well, to me. now let's talk about the other one there. You said underinsured or overinsured. Now, yes. talk about somebody who's – I'm sure you have at least one example. Of uh, overinsured, lay, right? Yeah. So these beautiful houses in Buckhead, right? Uh, I'll have a client, they're buying a house and let's say they're buying the house for $800,000, but the house is only 1200 square feet. So is it really going to cost the insurance company $800,000 to rebuild that house? A lot of times what people are paying for is the locations you're paying for the land and your home insurance policy doesn't cover the land. So sometimes I have to get with their mortgage. Uh, so what company. about earthquakes and sinkholes? You know, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, still, like, if, if the house burns to the ground, is, is it going to cost eight hundred dollars to rebuild this house? Probably not. Even with the great finishes that we have in the, in this yeah, area, okay, right, okay. Um, it may cost five hundred thousand dollars to rebuild the house. But their 
their prior uh, insurance agent said, hey, you're buying an $800,000 house. We'll make the insurance policy cover you for $800,000. Well, they, they transfer it to, quote, replacement value, and they don't think about the land they, they need to be replaced. They never think about that. Uh, okay, so yeah. I'm, I'm, Billy, I'm, I'm Bob's brother, uh-huh. and, I've got, <laughs> and I've got the million-dollar house in Buckhead, and I'm, yes. it's sitting on a, let's just sake of discussion, say it's on a quarter-million-dollar lot, so that leaves me $750,000. Yeah. But what about construction cost, and what about, the marketing, what about finishes and all that? So my house burns down. Uh-huh. And in that scenario, if I had $750,000, I'd be in great shape. Yes. But I can't replace my house for $750,000. So my wife comes back to the house, and it's not as big and not as nice as it used to be. Well, well typically, well, I'll get that information from you up front. So okay. we have different metrics that we use like to determine the – the quality of a house. So sure. down here. Oh, careful now. Don't say I live in a shabby house. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, no. Down here in Buckhead, I would say people tend to have what we'd call designer kitchens. Whereas out in Gwinnett County, where my office is, it's more builders grade. Um, so we take those into account in de- okay. determining the value of your home. And then we also add an inflation protection in there because he's right. The cost of construction changes over time. And so we definitely want, we, we wouldn't want to insure your house for $750,000. 10 years later, it burns down to the ground and costs $1.5 million to rebuild it. And all we have is And what about content? Contents are included in the policy. They're, they're, they're a percentage of the dwelling value. Typically, with a preferred carrier like Country and Allstate, um, 75% of the dwelling value, the state only requires 50%. So there are some companies that write 50%, and sometimes I have to explain that to clients. So it all, it all does go back to, a, to not only a good inventory of, of the property and the contents, but also a good inventory of the person's knowledge and a good desire to understand what's going to happen uh, in the event of catastrophic situations, which, you know, there are very few fires in reality. Absolutely. And there are very few total losses in reality. Tip. So being balanced is, is, is important. And now you do uh, homeowners and you do auto and I assume you do life and you blend all that in with a financial plan. Absolutely. Talk about some of the biggest mistakes in the last Gosh, we've been in how long? We've, we've been in this great market since '08, right? Uh-huh. Now we've been in this great market since about '12. <laughs> yeah. Since we've got we've gotten out of the hole and yeah. started up again. So, talk about what's changed for those 15 years you've been in the financial services industry, and how how you see that impacting uh, people today who maybe need to catch up. Uh, well, like you said, people need to catch up. Typically, um, what I would say is it's the same thing um, that has affected everyone probably for the last 30 years, uh, and we call those like the roadblocks to retirement. And one of the biggest roadblocks of retirement is people do not save enough. They don't save enough. And even taking that a step further, they don't pay themselves first. So, you know, Bob, we'll go back to Bob. Yeah, Bob. Bob Bob gets that job and he fails to sign up for the 401k plan at the law firm, right? So Bob, a year later, sits down with someone like me and we're like, hey, Bob, are you putting any money away for retirement? He's like, well, I got a 401k at work and I haven't signed up for it. Well, let's let's go ahead and get you to sign up for that, Bob. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of spending everything I have. I got a $1,200 student loan payment as well as this $1,200 Maserati payment that I need to make. Um, <laughs> well, so I don't, one of them's got to go, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't, I don't have the money to put in my 401k. However, we always say, we tell our clients to pay yourself first. So when Bob gets that job, I'm like, Bob, sign up for the 401k because you're going to spend what you make anyway. But if you're paying yourself first, at least you're saving and you're spending what you make. So at least we're putting something away. Well, let me start, talk about that in one regard. You also are a pretty good believer in distribution plans because as you go through your life, uh, there are certain 
things that occur. And you mentioned that student loan being paid off uh, is, is a hope and a dream many people have. Yeah. Uh, the sooner the better because then you can start paying yourself because even though it's a few percentage points of interest, uh, you can do better on, on making money for yourself. So Absolutely. How do you see the younger generation, your your clients that are in the lower third of age, uh-huh. uh, what are the, how are they responding? You know, what's funny about that is I'm seeing the student loan balances, they're a lot larger than when I was in school, I mean, pizza's uh, gotten more expensive yeah, since you were yeah, in school, yeah, bro. Yeah. I, I mean, it seems like I mean, twenty years. Where has it gone? I mean, you know, um, like the the loan balances are larger, but I will tell you the they're a little bit more astute as when it comes to wanting to retire at that. I see that <laughs> now they wanted it thirty five. though it's a little tough yeah, to get that yeah, accumulation factor I, going to fifteen years. Yeah, I was just like, you know, put me on a plan, I'll pay it, <laughs> and then when I'm done, I'm done. Uh, the millennial generation, I would say, um, they're actually really, uh, they are really aggressively trying to tackle that, their student loan debt and trying to retire that debt. That's, that's one good thing about it. The only thing is sometimes the jobs that they're in, uh, they don't pay as well. So it's a little bit more of a struggle to retire that debt. Sometimes you just need to go ahead and make that monthly payment. Well, most people joke about the accumulation. And we've just joked today about retiring at 35 or 45. Or, but in reality, 55, 65, 75, Distribution is always painful because people don't don't want to take the money back out of the kitty piggy bank. Do they? Absolutely. What, what are you doing, and what are you seeing in that market? It's kind of today? funny. Like, so we, you know, we 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 have three. We call it the three stages of retirement, right? We have the go go years. That's like the first five <laughs> years of retirement. You're like, oh, okay, retire. Bruce. Let's here go we, here we go. We're in it, right? <laughs> and then there's the slow go years. Where slow go. Like, yeah. Right. You're like. All right, you know, I've seen Italy enough. I just want to be next to my grandkids and watch them grow up. And then you got the no-go years, right? And so what happens is people like they built this like you said this great big kitty and they don't they don't want to have go-go years. They just want to like they're they're afraid they want to leave it to their they kids. Skip phase yeah, one. they want to skip phase 1 and then maybe they'll get you know enticed and interested during the slow-go years, but then no fun on a cruise with a cane, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> if you if you tip, you make it over the side. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, yeah. So, um, and then so what they do is they just they watch it and then you know they pass it on to their kids. And what do their kids do with it? Well, they have their go go years in their forties and fifties. Well, you need yeah. to, you need to make sure you yeah. educate your kids. I, I I love the saying that you can never tell how well you raised your children until you see how your grandchildren turn out. Absolutely. I, I think I'm in that now. And one of mine's a hellion, so I don't know. About that. <laughs> <laughs> so, Terrence, if people want to reach out to you, you mentioned you're out in Gwinnett County, but you're here in Buckhead today. So obviously, you fo- you follow the philosophy of coming to where the money is, just like Jesse James and banks. Right? Absolutely. The world's a lot smaller with this thing called the internet. So. All right, so. <laughs> And so how do we get in touch with you, Terrence? All right. You can reach me uh, at my office. Uh, my telephone number is 770-279-2104. You can also reach me at Terrence Dowling Country Financial on Facebook. I have a business Facebook page. Uh, and then, you know, countryfinancial.com forward slash Terrence.Dowling. Reach me there as well. Well, we're going to wrap, wrap up your segment there for a minute, and then we're going to come back to you at the very end because I want to touch back on the Internet, and I'm going to ask Dr. Bruce. We'll do a little bit of time and, time and motion here at the end. But we're brought to you by the Buckhead Business Association, and, of course, we're here at Pro Business Channel. We are a pro business radio station. We lean to the business. We don't lean left or right most days. But today we're talking about financials, and we're talking about chiropractic, and we're talking about health, and we're talking about wellness. And and we know now that we're going to get a little bit more fun. I've got Dr. Bruce Salzing, and I'm not going to give you his bio because I think many of you have, uh, around Buckhead have seen him over the years. He is in his, in a, I won't say not the twilight, but he, actually he's in a glowing period of his second career because I've known Bruce for a number of years, and he, he moved, moved into chiropractic to serve people. 
Uh, we'll talk a little bit about what healthcare looks like today, and then we're going to prime the pump for a few weeks down the road. He's going to come back with some new, some exciting ideas as he moves into the third station of life. But Dr. Bruce, if you will, tell me a little bit about uh, what the BBA has meant to you just in general in the X number of years, and you can tell us how many you've been down there on Far Road helping people. Uh, thank you, Michael. I appreciate that. Uh, interestingly, when I found the building I'm in, which is uh, on Far Road, um, I, I remember when I was doing construction there so I could open, and, and a gentleman stops in, and uh, um, he says, God, you got to be a member of the BBA. And I go, well, what is that? And he <laughs> says, oh, this is Great Buckhead Business Association, and uh, uh, they meet just up the block in uh, Campbellstone <laughs> Apartments. Uh, I said, okay. Next thing I know, I'm uh, finding the time to get there on the Thursday morning, which has been the uh, – um, enduring uh, meeting time uh, of uh, this great organization. And the uh, next thing I know, it was something I saw the value and I uh, immediately uh, not only joined, but I uh, um, started to derive value. Why? Because I was participating and meeting the uh, uh, other fine members, similar like Terrence, who comes uh, uh, with a professional expertise in whatever the product or service is. Uh, I was anxious to meet them and, uh, of course, for them to meet me. Now you've. Re- I think the good news is you've renewed your membership a number of times since that first time at Camelstone. You've been through a bunch of meeting spaces. You've seen a bunch of changes in Buckhead. Go ahead, tell us how many years. Uh, Twenty four plus years now. I've been a member of uh, the BBA and uh, uh, always glad to re- uh, reload. Even if I didn't participate to the same level, which I do still, um, to support the organization, which is so valuable within our community, because as you uh, pull back the uh, the cover, so to speak, you appreciate that uh, we are a positive force on many levels for uh, promoting Buckhead. Well, we do some of those fun things called ribbon cuttings, which are good, but also our monthly socials, which normally occur on the third Wednesday of each, uh, third Thursday of each month, month, wind us up putting us in a new restaurant or a new bar or a new hotel or a new condominium or a new something. And, and as uh, we all know, as we continue to watch these cranes grow and move around the city, we are, we're getting a lot of growth and a lot of opportunities. And to just to be able to gather with friends and people, you know, I mean, I walk into a room after, gosh, how many years have I been there? Oh, I'm a, a few short. I'm a, I'm less than twenty, but I'll catch. I can't catch up. I guess. But maybe I, maybe I'll journey along with you. But <laughs> please we've, do. We've seen a lot of people come and go, and uh, we've had some very unique and interesting programs. Which is one of the things I would just want to chat about. Talk about some of the most interesting experiences you've had in the BBA over these twenty four years. Highlights, if you will, the one or two. Uh, well, I will say that the most significant one was uh, uh, getting to be friendly with uh, Sam Massell, the former mayor. Uh, of Atlanta, we always had a uh, uh, just a chemistry, and I always uh, admired his advice and what he had achieved. And I remember him uh, uh, saying, uh, uh, "Make a small investment in uh, Buckhead now, and it'll pay you huge dividends later." Uh, here I was; I had just uh, bought the building I'm in. Um, I remember other colleagues of mine and others with the for sale sign in front uh, uh, getting in touch with me because they knew me. And they say, you bought that building. That block's a mess. And I remember my first response is, really? I see diamonds here. <laughs> now, here we are 24 plus years later, and the uh, the buildings are going up 20 stories on my block, uh, which I'm blessed to say will now give me a uh, uh, an opportunity to serve ever greater population who can now walk because uh, – uh, 
Fortunately, the uh, city leaders saw that uh, um, the whole city of Atlanta, not just Bucket, had to be live, work, and play. Uh, we couldn't have all this commuting. There was not enough parking. It was expensive. It was inconvenient. So the whole uh, tone of uh, the construction industry has now changed as uh, the protection of our green space, the um, bike lanes. Uh, all of this is a huge positive for uh, um, Buckhead's future, as the whole city of Atlanta. Well, I know you sit there right beside a park. And, of course, a historic cemetery, along, and as you said, right along the road where we've seen a lot of things come and go. I remember that, that neat bookstore on the corner that was there for so many years. Oxford Books. Oxford Books. I used to hang there all the time. <laughs> they had good coffee and good books, and they wouldn't throw you out of your seat until, they, until you were ready to go. But we have seen a lot of change. It's not the little old wide spot in the road it used to be over the years. And, you know, I was driving in this morning, and I do believe all roads lead to Buckhead because everybody's seen me coming this way as I was coming in. Well, I appreciate your service because you've, you've actually been on the board. You've uh, been a sponsor. You've been a friend of the group. You've, uh, I'm sure you've mentored new chiropractors into the marketplace because we know the market's always expanding. And of course, you are, you're a prominent businessman for what we believe is, is, uh, you, you start small, you stay here, you grow in a one man chiropractic office. And now you have most of your rooms full with other, with other professionals. So congratulations. Thank you. And now let's roll on and talk about health because, you know, you can't enjoy all the wealth you accumulate unless you're healthy. So these 35s that we talked about, Tell me what's the biggest mistake or what's the biggest thing that the the, the, the top of the millennial spectrum, the 35-year-olds, what do they need to do to um, to be ready for the rest of the 50, 60, 70 years of growth they're going to have? Well, it's interesting you should say that because I like to call that the uh, advance notice. Um, my office is a participant in a uh, branding, marketing, messaging group called the 100-Year Lifestyle, and Terrence uh, uh talked about this best. Everyone is uh, very focused on getting to a stage of life where they've now then accumulated and then they hope to be enjoying. Well, um, I would suggest uh, right off the top, enjoy your journey. It's not the uh, end game. It's the enjoying what you do and uh, participating in that with the community around you. Uh, I've been blessed with uh, the uh, philosophy and understanding and skills, which I've uh, fortunately put my time into developing, uh, to treating, um, from cradle to grave, we call it. Um, millennials should have embraced more of what their parents told them along the way, meaning, uh, sit up straight, eat your fruit and vegetables, <laughs> go outside and play, uh, you know, get off your PC, get off your handheld, uh, get some fresh air and some air, um, rest when your body's tired and a positive mental attitude. But most of them think they're, um, um, Teflon, and unfortunately, <laughs> uh, maybe those of our generation were guilty of the same, but the sooner you realize you have to maintenance yourself, just like uh, my dentist kids floss the ones you want to keep, uh, you need to appreciate and understand uh, what chiropractic is, and most people are uh, uh, just don't really appreciate the, uh, the essence they think of it as back and neck pain, and uh, certainly it's more than that. Well, uh, we never want to use that term. It used to be crack your back because that's the, you know, that's not the right thing to do. So let's talk a little bit about millennials in the process because we have so many moving into the city and we have so many seeking or needing to seek better care because otherwise they won't last a hundred years. They may, may spare get 50. Um, I've, I've watched the massage business increase. I've watched the, uh, as you, as you might say, the, the stretching process of uh, preparing people for good chiropractic. 
You come from one school of thought. I'm sure there's many different schools of thought of chiropractic, just like dentistry. Talk about some of the trends you're seeing in new treatments or modalities or something that might be important for us to share with our listeners today. Well, certainly there's a lot of um, uh, information on uh, public uh, media um, that is going to uh, suggest uh, that uh, there's a new this, that, or the next thing. And I'm not saying don't keep an open mind, but do your due diligence and really research what the source of that is. Um, basic to our physiology, just like you might read your car manual, is that you uh, need to uh, exercise and eat well because that's the fuel that's then driven by the body understanding where to send what, when, and where uh, to the precious organs that control and coordinate all function in your body. Chiropractic deals with uh, the protection of that brain and spinal cord with uh, uh, the skull and vertebra of that body, then protecting that central nervous system that literally goes to every cell of your body. If you then understand that as a basic level, um, you, for most of you, you'll appreciate the thought of uh, understanding how the fuse box in your house works. Um, the <laughs> oven, the toaster, the air conditioner, the heater, the whatever. Um, but in contrast to that system, which is designed to blow out so your home doesn't go on fire or whatever, um, it's on and off. Uh, your central nervous system works on a 100% system of optimal communication with all those cells of your body up and down and wherever um, to zero, which means you've checked out. Your body uh, can't compensate any longer and uh, you've lived your years. Uh, so we suggest that you understand chiropractic, not just from a pain relief and symptom relief concept, but from function. Uh, and it's that function that then slows down your aging. It's not how many years you've got, but it's how, why do some people um, look better and are performing well into their years in contrast to what's the healthcare crisis, which is nursing homes, canes, walkers on several different medications. Um, <clears throat> and they don't know if they're pitching or catching. And uh, <laughs> next thing you know, you're being reckoned to someone who'll cut it out. I'm suggesting the earlier you figure out how to read your car manual or your human manual, uh, you will be on a better course uh, because, as an example, the kids that we treat in our clinic and those that uh, participate in whole food nutrition as a suggested diet and maybe supplement when you can't seem to get that nor afford that on a regular basis, uh, those children are not coming down with the everyday things that most are. They don't miss as many school days. They're performing better. They sleep better. Uh, their whole lives are then improved. And once you get them on that understanding, they take that into their years, just like former generations did before the big drug and big food industry took over and suggested that, you know, in a bag and a can, as long as it tasted good, uh, we've got an answer for you when the consequence of that behavior becomes uh, you got to take care of it. Well, now, you, you got into chiropractic, as, we, as I shared earlier, I, I do know a little bit about you, so this is kind of your second career. You were in a, in a different environment. Something one day led you to believe that you should dedicate your time to chiropractic. What was that? Well, I had uh, been always very active in sport, and I uh, hurt myself seriously ski racing. Uh, I didn't do it while I was racing, but I was a ski racer all through uh, college and high school. And um, I hurt myself, and uh, most of you would recognize sciatic. I had a bilateral sciatica here. I just graduated college. And uh, the traditional route of uh, what my parents suggested uh, – 
I went through for about three months, uh, drugs and physical therapy. And then uh, they weren't satisfying that answer, um, the problem. Um, surgery was suggested. A friend of mine who uh, had been a friend for a long time uh, was now finishing up a chiropractic school at New York Chiropractic College, which at that time was in New York City. I was living in New York City. He suggested, Bruce, uh, uh, you can always have the surgery. Let me take a look. Uh, comes up with the same diagnosis, but a different treatment protocol. And I uh, trusted him and uh, I couldn't believe, uh, as I will suggest to you, 99% of the people who come to my office who've never been before, I said it to him, I can't believe I didn't come sooner. <laughs> okay, no, I wasn't cured in one visit, but I had to go through a protocol of rehab because it's not just adjustment of the spine, taking the pressure off of the nerve, your ligaments, your tendons, your muscles, which are addressed by soft tissue professionals in my office as well as I know some, uh, need to be addressed to and be rehabilitated. The sprain, the strain, God forbid you've broken something, they're addressed by your orthopedic uh, gentleman. Um, but that was what opened my eyes now. After about 15 years of remaining in corporate, I was in a fourth generation in a family business. Um, uh, my father and I could not come to an agreement on a transition. We tried four or five years of this, that, and the next thing. I finally said, look, Dad, I got a, I got a college education. I, I, I graduated with a business degree in finance. Um, I can do other things. And even though I had a very successful opportunity there, I said, Dad, if we can't come to this agreement, finally, the fork in the road, I put a home I had built on Long Island up for sale, and I did my due diligence on where I wanted to go to school. Keeping the family together was very important. We weren't moving to anywhere, even though there were many fine chiropractic schools around the nation, internationally as well. Uh, Atlanta um, uh, was a spot that just felt right, and Life University felt right. I got very lucky. When uh, I uh, graduated Life University, it was announced that the Olympics were going to be in Atlanta, and I remember getting calls from friends, <laughs> only Bruce. Yeah, I mean, it was like yeah, you, you, another you genius move. I mean, who knew? <laughs> you know? so, so in both environments, we've got people who are dealing with the details of life. You're dealing with properly analyzing and developing a protocol to make sure that your clients do well. Bruce, you're right on Far Road, but go ahead and give us your contact info, and then I've got one more question for both of you gentlemen. Uh, 405 Far Road, right at the corner of Lookout and Far Road, where most people would know is uh, Frank Allen Park, or up the block from the big fish at the Atlanta Fish Market. <laughs> look forward to helping you. Very good. Bruce, we appreciate you being with us. Now, I don't think we have a lot of time to work on this question, but both of you have presence in Facebook. Both of you are using social media, and I am generally thinking that, that you, you get your story out that way. Now, in the financial industry, it's tough because you're under all kinds of regulations. In the chiropractic industry, you can't give away too much information because they'll, they'll, they'll decide something's right or wrong with them anyways, but they show up in the door. So a short answer on how social media has impacted your business and, and you first, Terrence. Social media for me uh, is more so branding. I, I read an article about um, the financial service industry and social media. Uh, typically, I use it to just make people in my community aware of my presence. And how much interactivity do you, you use per day as a millennial? You're the top of the millennial curve, right? I, I, I am, but I'm, I'm a little old school when it comes to, to yeah. things like social media. But uh, I, I use Facebook pretty much every day, probably. I'll probably check my Facebook page probably three to five times okay. a day. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank yeah. you. Yeah. And Dr. Bruce, what about you? What's the social impact of social media in your, in your marketplace today in the chiropractic industry for you? 
Well, I must say, at first, when I started to participate, it was just a great tool to be in contact with uh, friends all over the world that I just hadn't seen in years. But let's not kid ourselves. Uh, Printed media is uh, on its way out. Um, Those that are surviving, good luck to that model in the <laughs> yeah. future. Um, um, we have to be on social media, promote yourself because regardless of how many years you've been successful to whatever level, uh, competition is going to drive you. And right. if they're doing it, you have no choice so but to do it. Personally, but, how much time do you spend a day looking at social media or your, your <laughs> a- activities? Well, if you're including email, which is now how you get your bills and stay in touch with a whole bunch of stuff, at <laughs> yeah. least at least an hour, at least an hour a day, you wow. know. But uh, and you're not a millennial, so wow, and, and I'm not. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I I appreciate that uh, my success is because I've had my ear to the ground. Yeah, uh, you cannot be static in any business or service. I mean, you're kidding yourself if you think you can. And, and those that can are so wealthy, they let others do that for them. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, so come on. We we know we have to do it. So here at the Pro Business Channel, we are we are pro on social media as well. So see us on Twitter, see us on Facebook. Today you've been watching us on Periscope. That's good. So and also the Buckhead Business Association. Go to that website, BuckheadBusiness.org. Take a look at our meetings, which are on Thursday mornings. Take a look at our socials, which are on Thursday evenings. Take a look at our signature and annual luncheons. Look at our Young Bucks group. Get to know the association which services the city that we all call, the community we call Buckhead. So with that, we're signing off. Uh, Mr. Dennis, thanks for being with us today in terms of the engineer's seat. Terrence, great to talk, talk about financial things Thank with you. you, and I'm looking forward to figuring out how to pay myself first now. And, and Dr. Bruce, I'm looking for one more deep tissue massage. So <laughs> we'll be on down the 405 Far Road. So with that, Dennis, wrap us up and take us home. All right. Roll out. Thank you for joining us and our guests on the Pro Business Channel. Use the social media links here to share today's show and stay tuned for the next episode of the Buckhead Business Show. Brought to you by the Buckhead Business Association.